This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by the holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Hope you enjoy the mailbag. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans. Welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. It's Christmas Eve, and I'm celebrating, but yet Greg is still here. Greg, say hello. Just December 24th for me. Yeah, well, you know, uh, not really much going on in the Mead household. We're kind of just sitting here moping. Not really a big Christmas for us, so nothing really going on. So I don't mind spending my time uh, talking about the Rangers and answering a little bit of mailbag questions we got in over the last couple days, weeks? Couple. It was a week. It was a week. Yeah, that sounds good. So we got some stuff week. coming up for you guys in the mailbag, but first we'll go over what happened uh, in the games this week a little bit and talk about our feelings on maybe uh, some of that. I happened to watch the Flyers game very closely. Uh Last night, and I gotta say, David Quinn is starting to make me question him. I'm aware that this is early, right? We've had this conversation before where we've sat around it like, is it early? Is it too early? And people got on us a little bit. The too many men on the ice thing, I just don't know how it keeps happening. Is that like, it's like almost a meme for the Rangers at this point. And I'm not saying that's the sole reason they lost the game. But it was the, the defining reason they got, they tied the game, the Flyers. That as soon as that too many men on the ice penalty happened, the Flyers scored, like right off the bat on the power play. And also, it looked like that too many men on the ice, no one, it wasn't even like someone was like rushing to get off. It was just six guys skating. So I, I, I wonder what's happening behind the scenes in coaching. I know they ran drills for it, but it just seems like a, a ridiculous penalty to continue to, to plague this team. I, and I'm aware of this. We, I'd rather be tanking, possibly. Another confusing feeling I have. It's it's just making me question Quinn just a little bit and his style. Am I wrong in saying that? I don't know if the too many men on the ice is the reason why you should have your first seat of doubt with David Quinn. Um, for me, it, I just it the buck stops with the coach, and I don't want to spend this three years. We've been doing this podcast. I don't remember a time anymore where we were speaking positively about this team defensively. And at some point in time, we took Elaine Vigneault to the shed with it over and over and over again. And I'm not here to say Elaine Vigneault should be absolved of his sins, but Christ almighty, if Lindy Ruff is responsible for these defensive assignments, at some point the coach has to take the fucking toy away from the child, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's it's enough of a, enough is a fuck enough. Well, so I, I have some thoughts about the defense as we do literally every week on this show. I, I feel like this show has quickly become uh, let's talk about the Rangers defense because that's w- what we do here. And it's been it's been that way for what's what feels like two solid years now. Like two, I I feel like the last two Christmases I've looked on this Rangers team and have said to myself. <laughs> I uh, don't know how to evaluate this team because the defense is a fucking dumpster fire. How do you it's, it, imagine someone told uh, us two years ago, they're like, you're going to host the Rangers podcast, but you're mostly going to go on every week and find new ways to hate a defense. It, and somehow we've done it. I think that's pretty impressive on our part. I would have, I would have said at the time, man, two years feels like a long time at the same time. We're not out of this I, woods like anytime soon, by the way. No, <laughs> it's, that's the thing. And uh, one of the one of the questions we're going to answer today is about free agents the Rangers might be able to sign defensively, and we'll by the way we'll not get good. to that. Not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's difficult. Um, there is no easy answer to it, but I feel like the the first step to finding an answer to it is 
changing the equation in which we figure out how to pair these guys defensively. And if we're if it seems like the Rangers are unwilling to do that, which they are. I, I mean, we're we're up to eighteen months of the Lindy Ruff defensive guru era. Ooh, if the Rangers aren't willing to change that part of it, it's hard to imagine finding a solution down the road. And again, it, it's not to say that it, it might not be David Quinn's fault that Lindy Ruff is still on the coaching staff, or it could be David Quinn wanting a security blanket like Lindy Ruff on his coaching staff, at least for his first season in the NHL. What we do know is if Lindy Ruff is in charge of these defensive assignments, this is now 18 months of evidence where it clearly doesn't work. And it's not saying that he has eight guys on roster that are NHL quality defensemen. I'm I'm, I'm not saying Lindy Ruff has been given necessarily the world's greatest hand. He sure feels like he's trying to go for a straight with a, a four, a six, and a seven in his hand. Um, and that's not necessarily the hand you want to play. At it the same not. time, at the same time, you have to know when to fold and when to get new cards. And it sure feels like the Rangers are super comfortable not taking that first step. I agree with you. And and they they and that's either because the most glaring thing is that's either because they know it's shitty and it can't get better, or they don't see a problem. So this is this is where I go into it, and it's it's kind of strange because Brendan Smith, who is a guy we said a couple weeks ago in this show probably wouldn't play again for the Rangers. Obviously, some injuries happened. Uh, but Tony D'Angelo continues to sit in the box. They have to be trying to showcase Smith and McQuaid, right? Like, that's the only explanation for anything that's happening right now. Like, I McQuaid, watched... McQuaid, I agree. Because McQuaid... I, McQuaid feels movable. Um, oh, and that, by that, the way, McQuaid's it, really high up on that free agent list of defensemen. It's not it's great. Bad. Uh, McQuaid feels movable, and... Uh, that alone is is pretty poor. Um, it's more of an indictment on what I feel NHL GMs value defensively. The fact that Adam McQuaid didn't just go from the Bruins to the Rangers for nothing, and the fact that Jeff Gordon has to believe he can at least get equal value back for Adam McQuaid makes me question who exactly is running NHL teams and why the NHL is stuck further behind the three other professional leagues by, of merit. By a good amount, the, by the way. By I, a good I feel like. We're, this, this would be – I'm not saying – I don't think you need to be a stat boy or, or a chart boy to know that baseball GMs have evolved to a point where they understand analytics to a point um, guys like Adam McQuaid don't exist in Major League Baseball anymore, or at least those guys aren't necessarily getting paid handsomely. Uh, basketball sure doesn't feel like – Adam McQuaid equivalents exist anymore. The NFL doesn't feel like Adam McQuaid equivalents exist, or at least Adam McQuaid equivalents aren't getting drafted anymore. If there are Adam McQuaid equivalents, it's 30 plus year old linebackers that are hanging on by the hair on their chinny chin chin. For whatever reason, NHL GMs still, the eye test is the most prevalent thing they go off of. And I, again, I, I don't know what that says about the NHL as a league. Uh, I, we heard Pierre Maguire's comments this week saying analytics hasn't worked. It will never work. And this is the way Pierre, it is. Suck my it's, dick. <laughs> I just, I, it's <laughs> just so confusing. I don't, I don't understand why more than any other league, the NHL is, has decided that 
fuck analytics. It has no value. I'm like, all right, so I'm we're not chart boys at all, right? Like you know way more than about me. I know, I know of the charts. I can't I would never be able to make my own chart. Like I feel like with baseball I have such an understanding of analytics that 100% if someone you. put a gun to my head, I could probably come up with an advanced statistic that would help a team. I can't do that in hockey. I can understand them, but I I would be lying to you if I said I knew everything that goes into PDO or Corsi or all the fancy numbers that Sean Tierney and Evolving Wild produce every week. I can read those numbers, but I, I can't do that on my own. Yeah, my job with those numbers are to get the main takeaways of what I should be learning from the hard work these people put in. Right. That's and we are, we are simple podcasters who are about to enter their 30th trip around the sun. Like this – we oh God, get that it bad. that – Right. We we get that there's a, a complicated part of the NHL that we don't fully understand. And that's 100% why we go to guys like Drew Way and say, the fuck is this? Explain it for me like I'm fine. Help, help me, please. Help. Help, help me better understand this game because I know what I'm seeing with my eyes and I want to be able to justify what I see with my eyes. Or I want to see if my eyes are correct. Right. That, that's where analytics uh, comes and, in. And, analytics isn't to say that the eye test is wrong. I was just about it's to say, to either the confirm or deny the eye it's test. It's not over yet. Like the eye test is still, I think the eye test is still a part of baseball at some points. 100%. Yeah. You 100%. can, like, StatCast is great and everything when it comes to baseball, but you know when a center fielder takes a shitty route to a baseball. I don't need a very fancy line graph that says the center fielder took a. 13% less effective route to that ball than he should have. Right. You can tell when, when an outfielder and doesn't read a ball properly. I can watch an NBA team and know that despite the advanced analytics of these certain players, the chemistry and the basketball fit just isn't there from the eye test. But you use the analytics to your advantage, and the NHL seems to not do that. And I'm not it, really It seems to not do that. Sure. And we got to this point by talking about Adam McQuaid because I don't think a modern NHL GM should have value in someone like Adam McQuaid. I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs, for example, would be a better hockey team if Adam McQuaid was their sixth or seventh defenseman. And by the way, we played the Leafs this week. I'm not sure how much better they can get. Their defense is still troublesome. Yeah. As great of a year Morgan Riley is having points-wise, the the actual defense of the team, they they feel like the Kansas City Chiefs of the NHL where they, they very easily could win the Stanley Cup, but if they're going to – they're going to have to outscore their opponent as opposed to shutting them down completely defensively. Well, let me tell you, they're the number one team that could outscore anybody with the exception of Tampa Bay. Like that's. Yeah, but the difference is Tampa Bay should be able to also play defense, yeah. which is why in my mind, Tampa Bay should still be viewed as the favorite in the East. My fingers regardless. are crossed because I want that first round pick so bad. Right. And again, like I said, we got to this point by talking about Adam McQuaid. He's not the only Ranger defender. I don't know why Brandon Smith remains in this Ranger lineup on a nightly basis. I don't think in any any terms the Rangers could move Brendan Smith for anything of value. I don't think With, they could ever move him. I think we even and at, at some point I, I get eating eating contracts is valuable, but at some point you, you're going to be asked to eat over two million dollars of Brendan Smith, and still I think Brendan Smith on two years and about two million annually. I don't think a team wants to take that risk. He's he's not just a buyout candidate. He's the most logical buyout player the New York Rangers have. And I say that knowing Mark Stahl has multiple years at over $5 million left on his contract. Mark Stahl has two uh, two years left after this one. And I believe Mark Stahl will be staying on this team. I uh, I don't think you can make an argument that says the Rangers should buy out Mark Stahl before they buy out Brendan Smith. I don't think you can either. And you, you and I have been notorious Mark Stahl... I wouldn't say critics. Haters. I would say critics. Yeah, I was going to say, right say haters. Uh, critics would be the way. 
Mark's been fine this year. I, I haven't really been out there being like, God, this guy is fucking terrible. I will say there are points where uh, there was a point last night in the Flyer game where they were cycling during like a power play, and all of a sudden Mark Stahl came out and took the shot, and I was like, yeah, that's what we were waiting for. That was, yeah, the, that I, was the good stuff. It's not that I, – I don't even feel like we've been critical of Mark Stahl. I feel like the entire Mark Stahl season can be summarized by saying – Boy, oh boy, I wish the Rangers get to a point where Mark Stahl doesn't have to be one of the three best defensemen. Yeah, I, I would say if, if Mark Stahl is your bottom pairing, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, if he's, if he's a guy getting 10 to 12 minutes a night playing bottom pairing minutes with a solid a co-partner, sure, fine, great. You, obviously, you don't want to pay that guy over $5 million a year, and you don't want to lock that guy up long term like the Rangers have, uh, but... That that's the contract he's playing on, so don't fault him for that. The the thing that stings about Mark Stahl is I don't think you can say in any other terms, Mark Stahl has probably been one of the four best Ranger defenders this year. And that says more about the Rangers defense than it does about Mark Stahl. Yeah, well, I who who are the four best? I mean we can Shea. Okay. Uh, uh, uh Shay <laughs> Clayson Shea Clayson Pionk Shattenkirk Stahl. I, I don't think Pionk has I, been one of I, the best. I'm, I'm a little higher on Pionk than you are. We've been over that. Right. And it, I, I don't just, for the love of God, just separate Pionk and Stahl. What, what more do you need to <laughs> we, see? Let's not do that again. We've done it so many, I, right. so there, many there times. Right. There are two things. Where this is the last, technically, this is the last podcast we post in 2018. There are two things I no longer want to talk about in 2019 until the offseason. Stahl Pionk. I don't want to talk about breaking up Stahl Pionk because it just seems so fucking obvious. And I don't want to talk about Kevin Hayes until he's traded. Yeah, we'll be talking about him, I, I guess, briefly we, in, we, the, in the mailbag. Well, we can, we can talk about Kevin Hayes' performance. I, I'm, I'm done <laughs> talking about if the Rangers should sign or trade Kevin Hayes. We know at this point. Yeah. If you don't know at this point, you're either deaf or stupid. And there's no in-between. Well, we've said it every single week, how we feel, right? Every single week. And everybody has made their opinions clear on whether the Rangers should sign or trade Kevin, Kevin Hayes. We know we I can literally do fucking graphs about who thinks Hayes should be traded and why and who thinks Hayes should be re-signed and why. We get it, guys. There's no need to have this debate anymore. At this point, the only debate we need to have is whenever he signs an extension or whenever he gets traded. I will but say we'll, we, we'll talk he has him. been playing like out of his out of his fucking mind. mind. Yeah. Out of his mind. This has to be the best hockey. This this might not just be the best hockey Kevin Hayes has played in the last two years. The best Ranger This might be the right? hottest Ranger we've ever seen in the last two years. I, I think that's easy to say. I mean, who else could be this hot? Kreider is the only one that comes close, right? Like, even close? I don't think even – I don't think Kreider has ever reached this level of straight fucking heat, though. It feels like every time Kevin Hayes is on the ice, a point is happening. It's weird because Kevin Hayes' passes right now are the best I've ever – I've seen in the last like five years. Like, his, the way... his, his dish, his dish last night is unfair. Oh, the, it made me cream my pants. I just like took him off. That was it was the best. Kreider was just going down the left side. You're like, oh, he's that's it. It's a goal. It's a it's a goal. It's definitely going in. It was per, a perfect pass by Hazy, and uh, it, it'd be sad to see him go, but sell high. That's my opinion. Um, let's move on from that. Other than any other takeaways from the, the Leafs game where we got absolutely crap-housed and somehow we uh, won 3-1 against Anaheim and didn't go to overtime for the first time in forever. Yeah, I, the Rangers have been bad all week. It just so happens that their badness was a little bit better than the Ducks' badness on uh, Monday night. Yep. Or Tuesday night, whatever Tuesday, yeah, when we got back, the, it was weird for us. Yeah, that, that, 
that game was just an utter fucking abomination for 50 minutes. And then the Rangers decided to play hockey for 10 of those minutes and their hockey was better than the Ducks hockey and bing, bang, boom, they got themselves a win. It's not like they were, um, they were pretty bad in the, in the Leafs game too. I mean, have just, you seen, have you, have you seen what the Rangers are in their last 10 games? Uh, isn't it like they got, they have two wins, right? They have two wins. They're yep. two, four and four. Yep. Which I, we got to do the, the NHL needs to change their, point system i think they have to adopt the three-point system i, I, and we've, I we've spoken about this before and i i I've we, i think we talked we talked about this in england i think with our friend ray i i i'm in favor of bring back ties get rid of the shootout do a 10 minute three on three overtime and have wins count as three i'm over i'm so over the shootout i'm so it's, i'm over it it's a skills competition. It's like if the NBA was tied after one overtime, a game being decided by a three-point contest. I just, watching it last night, it was like, okay, Hayes misses, we lose, cool. Anticlimactic to a good game. Like, I'd rather just tie. Like, I just would rather tie. I know that seems like shitty, but I would just rather do that. It, I just, I feel like the current NHL point system doesn't incentivize winning in overtime. Oh, it, it doesn't. Why, why would you do that when you can just, if you have the better skills guys... And you're, I mean, most of the time, I, during our 9-1-1 streak, I, we, or most of our overtime wins have been coming the shootout, right? Almost all of them. And, and, yeah. and, and, and the Rangers, I, the Rangers if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have just 10 regular season or reg, regulation or overtime wins. Something like that. Yeah. Well, 10. next week I'll go through all the overtimes and we'll talk about it's them. But. 10. That's ridiculous. That means the, the Rangers are better at winning coin flips than other NHL teams. Good for them. Uh, I just the the current NHL point system to me is broken. A team like the Rangers shouldn't be within seven points of a playoff spot, which they are right now. They absolutely are. Uh, and of course, as a fan, you if you're looking to make the playoffs, that's exciting for you. But at the same time, that's wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah, there's, there's, just, no, there's no way for this to, to happen correctly. Like it has to go to the three. Do you think that would be addressed in the CBA like, at all? Probably not, right? I don't think so. They have so many other problems that I, I don't I don't know how low on the list the current NHL point system is. Plus, I don't know why players would want to change the point system because it's giving every team a better chance of making the playoffs by having the system that's in place. It's just the system that's in place does not reward the actual good teams. Not at all. Uh, and I feel like wasn't there a, a, a year where a team went to overtime like every single game? They lost like every shootout and missed the playoffs because of it. I think that was like rather recently. That was pretty big. Didn't help at all. Um, no, I just the three point system is the easiest fix. You get three for a win. You get one for a tie. You get none for a loss. It works works brilliantly in soccer. It incentivizes teams actually winning. Make the overtime ten minutes on three on three. What are we doing? What? Why is this so hard? It's like everything hard. else. You want to get to the mailbag? Let's get to the mailbag. I, All right, I don't but first, think we, let's talk about what, our sponsor. Literally nobody. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think we missed anything. No, we'll, we'll touch on other stuff in the mailbag. So you're going to – the way we're going to break this down for the listener at home, Ryan is going to read the Reddit questions, uh, and then I have the handful of Twitter questions and a Discord. Do you, you want to just do Twitter first? Because uh, I think we end with the, the Reddit if you'd like. But if, if not, sure. I'll, I'll no, no, no. Let's, let, we'll start with Discord. We'll start with Hot One. Okay. Uh, friend of the podcast, Rex. Mm-hmm. Drops with, if you had to completely give up a sport, no watching, listening, oh. reading about, talking about, Boy. unless you switch to cheering for a rival, what sport and what team would it be? This is easy for me because I would just stop watching the NFL, right? No, well, it, 
you have to in the nature of the question. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're saying as a Steelers fan, you wouldn't want to watch the Ravens. The Ravens stop are watching so football. fucking boring to me right. personally. I just think they're truly terrible. I know they're on like this win streak now and they're going to go to the playoffs and the Steelers aren't despite uh, whatever. Um, it's, it's a frustrating situation, but I, I think I hate the Ravens. When I was just a very, very, very big NFL fan, I hated the Ravens more than any team in history, period. Uh, so for me, obviously baseball is my number one. I can't imagine a scenario in which I'm giving up baseball entirely, nor can I imagine a scenario where I'm rooting for the Phillies. Do you hate the Phillies and Nationals more? I hate the Phillies more. The Nationals are a team that amuse me. Um, they're, it's 100% right how I think, so, by the way, I, yeah, I think it's how Yankee fans feel about Met fans. Mm-hmm. That's how Met fans feel about national fans. It's just like, mm-hmm. that's cute. Everything you're doing, it's not going to do anything, but you can keep trying. Um, Philly, Philly fans. When I was growing up, Brave fans, it was a, it was a blood relationship with them. Uh, and that has transferred over to Philly fans. I'm not going to ever. When Mike Trout's on the Philly, uh, the Phillies, what are you, how are you going to feel? Oh, he's going to be Albert Pujols 2.0, and I'm oh, excited no, about it. No, he's not. He's a god. All right, keep going. Um, I'm not doing it in hockey either. I can't watch the Flyers on a nightly basis. So for me, it's probably – it's a bit of a cop-out because I, I feel like a very low-level NBA fan. Uh, but I'd keep watching basketball if it meant being a Celtics fan. I think I could believe uh, that. Oh, uh, you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the, the Knicks – Sorry. The Knicks, I want the Knicks to be good, and I want the Knicks to be entertaining, but – if you told me the only way I could watch basketball is to be, become a Celtics fan, I'd be like, I'll do that right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> someone give me $20, I'll be a Celtics fan. It's really not that hard. Yeah. So that, that, that would be my answer. It's, it, it's basketball. Oh, I, I would have to watch a good team with a great coach. Oh, no. Help yeah, me. It'd be real tough. All yeah. right. Our, our Twitter questions. Yep. Um, from um, at Mustard Lips. Mustard Lips. <laughs> what are some Why subtle so things? Funny to me? <laughs> what are some subtle things you look for while watching hockey games that most fans may not notice? I like to watch the coach if like I'm at a game. Are we talking at a game or if we're like however, however you want to answer that? I like to watch the bench and the coach and see how the players are interacting on the bench. I think that's like a, a pretty telling on how a, feel, a team is feeling. Like watching AV on the on the bench just chew gum and never talk to anybody never gave me the warm fuzzies about winning a game. Uh, so watching Quinn actually bring people together and do some huddles and watching the guys on the ice actually you know, encourage each other and such is, is a big part uh, for me. Yeah. Oh, hello, oh hey, 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 Merry Christmas. Um, I, I like to watch how the defensive pairings interact when they're in the offensive zone or when their defense isn't of the most importance. I just, I, I guess it's because with the Rangers, I'm always looking for who's going to be at fall at the next fast break. Mm-hmm. And usually the best way to determine that is to see where the hell your defensive players are before the next offensive break happens. Um, so that's something I watch, but I don't think you and I are necessarily doing anything too different than anyone else is I'm doing. I'm not doing anything special, guys, at all. Uh, from at Rangers fan 1020. Okay. Is trading Georgiev inevitable with Shostorkin waiting for a spot? Also, how do you see the team handing, handling Hank and Igor when both will probably want to be the starter? This is a good question. This is actually a solid one. Uh, Georgiev will definitely be traded, right? I, I can't see him staying here. I think he. Has, um, I think he actually has value. I but, don't know. But I don't. But goalie, when's the last time a goalie got traded for equal value? I was about to say, but goalie value in the NHL is crap. Like it's just you're never getting anything good for it, like ever. So maybe you get a fourth, like a third. 
for him, it's it might actually be better to keep him on your roster in case Igor and and Hank something happens, like something drastic. I don't. I I like Georgiev. I don't think he's like an end all be all backup, but he is definitely talented. Yeah, I'm of the opinion. I don't think you need to do anything with Georgiev until you absolutely have have to. The day he no longer can pass through waivers um, without having pass through the minors without having to be placed on waivers, then that's the day you have to do something about it. Uh, I I think he's proven to be and will prove to be a capable fringe NHL starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think his long term role is probably backing up a more traditional starting goalie, which is of value in the NHL, especially when you can get that value on its on his entry level contract and under the age of twenty five. Uh, I don't see the Rangers trading him in the next two years, and I, I see Igor coming over in that same time span. I think Igor so, comes over next year, possibly. Yeah, sure. and I, I think that usually means uh, unless something goes off plan, I think Georgiev is your Wolfpack main goalie next year, and I think that's totally fine. If a team uh, as, comes to us though and offers a third, I I, I have a hard time. Sure, yeah, seeing right. Say no. Again, if if a team wants to pay you for anybody on the roster, I, I'm willing to at least think of a scenario in which that trade happens. Absolutely. Uh, as as opposed as for how I think the Rangers will handle Hank and Igor, um, Igor's first first season, whenever it is in, in the NHL, he doesn't have to be the starter on every night. I think you're totally fine playing him thirty to thirty five games and playing Hank his typical 60, 55 to 60 games. Yeah, if you think Hank's going to try and, like, be cool with, like, playing less games, that's not going to happen. He's just... No, but it's Igor's first season. I don't see a need for that to necessarily be the standard where Hank has... where they have to do, like, a 50-50 timeshare. No, I I don't think that benefits Igor. I don't think that benefits Hank. I think Hank ends up playing, like, 47 to 50 games when Igor's here. Maybe more. I would say say more, especially in his first season. Uh, from our friend Kurt at Kurt eleven twenty four. If you're Gordon, are you calling St. Louis to inquire into Tarasenko? If so, what are you offering? Hayes. <laughs> I don't know. If you're the Blues, why do you want Hayes? You're never. They're never doing that. I mean, what can you really offer as a Ranger? What do you have? What do you have that's of value other than Hayes? Well, you, you, here's the thing: you're you're a rebuilding team trading for a piece from another rebuilding team. So the same pieces the Blues will want are the same pieces you have no interest in trading. Yeah, he does not you're, going anywhere. Yeah, if you're the Blues, you want Heedle, and even then, no, I don't think I, I don't think St. Louis has seen enough from Leas Anderson for them to be necessarily in love with him being I, the main piece. I, I think if we offered Leas, they'd laugh at us. I don't think they'd laugh at you per se, but I also think you'd be selling you, the other pieces you'd have to include with Leas at this point in time will probably make it not worth it if you're the New York Rangers. Yeah, you're going to have to offer your first round pick, which is going to be a top ten pick. Yeah, I'm not about to like, do that. For as much as I want Tarasenko, I wanted them a couple years ago, not now. Yeah, and again, why why pay and trade for Tarasenko with what you can just pay in money for Panarin at, at we'll, we'll get on to July Panarin. 1st? We'll get to the Panarin part. Right. Um, two two more Twitter questions. Go for it. Oh boy, this guy's handle. There you go. At Dave Merms. Okay. David I know we're all I know we're all exhausted about the Hayes topic, but with Heedle playing yeah. well on the wing, do you think it's a possibility he would stay at wing to free up a center spot for a 26 year old Bostonian who's playing the best hockey of his career? I think once or if Hayes leaves, he goes right back to center because I I think center is the true value in the NHL. That's where like those guys have the most value, and Heedle's 
Hita will affect the ice and all of his teammates the most when he's playing center. So I think you're going to want to get him back to the center after Hayes possibly leaves. I agree. Um, it's fine playing Hito on the wing. now. Play Hito wherever he has success right now because he's so young. But if we're talking long-term development, he has to get a full look at center at some point. Uh, right now, it's just it, the opportunity isn't quite there for him. Though I think you could make a case that there's no reason why Philip Hito can't be playing third-line center for the Rangers. But at the same time, Hito has clear chemistry in the top six. So I'm not about to move him out of it. But, yeah, I I think Heedle, you have to at some point figure out if he's your center long-term, and the Rangers will afford him that opportunity in the next two seasons. He will definitely be played at center a lot more uh, come post-February, put it that way. Uh, last Twitter question, at Emma Soul 2 Kind of a nonsense question. With the end of the year here, what are your top five non-NHL sports-related moments of 2018? For example... Olympics, MLB, World Cup, et cetera, et cetera. So non-hockey stuff. Non-hockey sports moments. Whew, that's actually a good question. I did not prepare for this whatsoever. Uh, uh, one for me is easy because we just experienced yeah, it. Southampton. It, was the, it was the Southampton game. Yeah. Uh, that's, on my top they, five. that's on my top five also. They got a massive win on Saturday as well. I, 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 was, I was messaged and told. A 3-1. They right? got Yep, 3-1 away at Huddersfield. We are now 16th and with plenty of breathing room out of the regulation, relegation zone. Go Saints, go. Um, top five moments of this year. Hmm. What were like the big uh, – it wasn't even like a big baseball moments that really happened. That really I, happened. I would say number two for me would be just the entire 12-game stretch to open the Mets season. 11-1 uh, and, and to start the year. I was on cloud nine and feeling things I hadn't felt in a while with the Mets. Okay. It quickly it quickly crashed and burned, but I'll give you a, I, I'll give you some boring answers. Like these are boring answers. Like I'm really excited to see Steph Curry back at the level that he was two years ago. I I really enjoy when he plays that way. I'm excited to see Kawhi Leonard playing the way he is in Toronto. Uh, those those have been like really big moments for me because I I really like both those players. When it comes to football, I'm not sure I really care about anything. I will say the Ram the, the Rams KC game on a Monday night was probably a, the, one of the biggest sports moments for me this year. It was an excellent, maybe the best football game I've ever watched. So I will say uh, uh, no, not the number not this number three. Number three for me would be not a good moment, but when I think back of what football was like for me in 2018, it's going to be the false start penalty Zach Ertz had on the goal line in the Super Bowl. Yeah, because I had a, I had a yep. lot of money on Legarrette Blunt to score the first touchdown of the game that would have won me. Some good cabbage. Yep. And that false start on the two yard line where the Eagles were clearly going to run the ball in from two yards out against the Patriots cost me some money. And I'm going to think about that for a long time in my life. Speaking of costing me some money, just really hope Jared Cook, no one cares, no one cares, no one cares, but I hope Jared Cook doesn't put up 40 points tonight. That's all I ask. Thank you so I much. Need, yeah. And I need Doug Martin to put up 40 points tonight. That's just fantastic. Sorry, buddy. That's us. I, I got, I got nothing to be angry about. Antonio Brown went off for 45 points. I'm aware I have him on my team. It's amazing. Yeah. Antonio uh, Brown went off. Todd Gurley got hurt. Um, what are you going to do? That, that's hands. my life. That's it. Uh, that was a hard question. Sorry, Emma. Yeah. I, uh, if I had to go four and five, uh, just Jacob DeGrom's entire season yep. was a lot of fun for me. Mm-hmm. And then five, I don't think I, I won my March Madness bracket pool this year. Did you? And that was a nice $1,900 paycheck that I, I, I know took home. Huh. Yes, yeah, sir. I had, I, had the, uh, I had the final game correct, Villanova, Michigan. And I had no over Michigan. I, huh. I took on the money. For me, I think it's the Rays. The Rays getting the opener strategy into baseball. 
Um, it was a big time watching a prospect called Wander Franco. <laughs> it's a lot of nerdy shit. Like Steph, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard. You know, for a Yankee fan, you care a lot about uh, the, the Tampa Bay Rays. It's so like. weird, right? And- I will I will say, I, I do think 2018 will be remembered as a year where it, it's fun remembering years where sports change. And I, 2018, I think, is clearly a year where we're going to remember like, oh, yeah, remember the year that relievers started first innings of baseball games? I think, yeah. I don't, I don't know how long that trend lasts. I'm not I, sure. I think it's gonna it's gonna have another year, and I think more teams do it. Like I think Oakland is ready to do it this year. Yep. Uh, Tampa Bay clearly going to do it again. Yes, they are. Hundred um, percent. They're signing be, guys right now for it. I would legit be surprised if a team like the Reds don't institute it because the fuck are they going to do for a starting rotation? Uh, they're going to throw Luis Castillo, and that's it. Oh, they got Alex Wood and Tanner Roark, guy. Oh yeah. Okay, sure. So on to Reddit. Oh yeah, my turn. Uh, let's go. So we have a couple Reddit questions. A very responsive thread this week. We have the first question from that Canuck boy. He says, "Expectations on where our recent draftees will be next year. Do you have any? Ch- do they have any chance to make the big club? I think Kravtsov has a chance to make the big club, and supposedly he said he's coming over here in February. I think it would be. I would go one step further and say it would be a little disappointing if Kravtsov Kravtsov didn't make the club out of camp next year. I'm not saying again. Not saying that he deserves a, an immediate." Oh boy, what happened there? Oh, I hit my headphones. Okay. Oh, right. You're right. Uh, yep. I'm not saying immediately that Kravtsov deserves a top six role, but much like we saw with Heedel and Anderson and Howden this year, uh, it would be surprising if he doesn't break camp with the Rangers. Howden missing an open net last night wanted, made me want to die. Sorry. Um, uh, other other Ranger first round picks. No chance. I, I don't think anyone's I, on the team. I don't think I don't see a reason why Keandre Miller will leave college. Nope. Uh, I think if Lundquist comes over. I also don't see a reason why he'd come right to the NHL, especially with guys like Lindgren and Hayek already in Hartford. Uh, Joey Keane, I can see playing in Hartford next year. Rest in peace, Joey Keane got cut from the World Cup uh, junior team this week. But same, same thing with him. I don't really see a need for him to, or a path even, for him to make the big team out of camp. And then lower level guys like Jacob Ragnarsson, I, I think he's going to get another year abroad. I think Kravtsov is your only guy that's going to make the team. Uh, honestly, I for Miller's development sake, I kind of hope he stays in college at least one more year. He's killing it. I hope keep he's killing it. Uh, yeah, I I just want that guy to develop as much as possible. Seriously, yeah. take dominate your, dominate take your the time. NCAA, dominate the NCAA for three years, and then jump over and fight for a job in camp. That's that's great by me. Take your time. I tried to uh, organize these Reddit questions to make them all topical as we flow through. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Sarah, then, is the next question. They ask, are there any defensive free agents to go after this offseason? I see Tyler Myers Milers is a decent option, and there's always Strawman. Is there? I wouldn't want to overpay Strawman, though, or do you think we should wait till Truba becomes a free agent after next year? Yeah, I'm team wait. Yeah, uh, so I have sports track open right now, right, for the 2019 yeah. free agents. Eric Carlson, not happening. Tyler Myers, 29 years old. You probably have to sign him five years. Yeah, I, I mean, we live in a world where John Moore got a five-year deal, so I don't know how a better defenseman like just, Tyler just Myers when he five years. Just even looking down, there's like Strawman, Edler, Chara. <laughs> like, well, you'd also, you got you got a, a Strawman's 32. Like, if if he's for 30, some he's reason. 33, actually, I believe. Yeah. If for some reason Strawman wanted to do something like a two-year deal. Sure. And you, and you boost his AAV up because you're the Rangers and long-term money doesn't exist for you right now, maybe – if you're if I'm Anton Strawman, I don't know why I'd come back to New York. 
Yeah, well, we didn't we kind of fuck him the first time? <laughs> like we were like, well, not, no, not just not just that, but Strawman is on one of the four best teams in the NHL right now. He's going to be he is thirty three, or he's going to be entering his age thirty four season. Why would a guy like that want to come to New York? Who even if where even if they sign Panarin, they're at least a year away from being a serious contender. And if you're the New York Rangers, why do you want to invest in Anton Strawman and think to yourself? We need 35-year-old Anton Strawman to be a big part of our defense. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for either parties involved, which is why I don't see it happening. Myers is would be an upgrade over every, almost every Ranger defender, but again, I'm not investing five years into what I view as a second-tier defenseman. Like no. he might be outside of Carlson, he might be the next best thing available, but is, that's more that's more of a statement as to who is available versus Tyler Myers being a piece you build around. And as for Carlson. I don't think the Rangers are going to sign two marquee free agents. If for some reason they miss on Panarin, maybe the Rangers turn around and go, well, we have all this money lying around. We clearly need a defenseman. I just I just don't think there's – I think there's a 0% chance. I know we're not experts. We're I don't, I don't think it's zero. I don't think it's a priority either, though. I Can I see scenarios where Eric Carlson is a New York Ranger on July 1st? Yeah, but it, it, it means Panarin isn't. I don't see a scenario where both Panarin and Carlson are Rangers. Nice. And if I had to sign one, there are a lot more reasons to sign Artemi Panarin than there are to sign Eric Carlson. And that's coming from a guy who knows that the Rangers defense has been utter dog shit for the last two years. I'm not sure the Panarin thing, but we'll get to that. Um, last thing on the, on this question, Michael Dezato is available for everyone. So that's good. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's not bad. Any porn stars with open DMs we need to keep eyes on? Uh, I'm sure there's actually a lot of those. All right, let's go to the next question. Uh, Rave Light says... I love you guys. Wow, thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got, you got, I got questions about your love life, Chief, but go on. It's going to get worse. Super excited to meet and booze with you at Offside Tavern. So you oh, see. you are not going to be excited to booze with me. I I tried drinking this last weekend uh, after Europe, and I couldn't do it. I am also in the can't do it part. I am an old man. <laughs> I have yeah, I, I've, been, I've been sick for a solid week, I, I think, since we landed on Monday. And after we recorded the podcast, I got sick. But uh, legit tried to hang with people this weekend i was like i i can't do this but on that note this podcast is sponsored by if you want to come hang out with us on january 12th for a 2 p.m game versus the islanders at offside tavern in new york city feel free to get available right now i do think i'll be recovered by the 12th i don't plan on consuming an alcoholic beverage between now and then i will be doing new year's and that is it uh i got i gotta i gotta work so i'll i won't be semi two-part question from rave light who is the most underrated player in our history i'm talking about the rangers i'm assuming uh yeah, I would that's tough, right? Because so I, you and I you and I aren't gonna sit here and tell people I I basically view the Rangers through a nineteen ninety four and onward lens. Which is why my answer was Jean Rattel. Sure. I I mean if you want to go history, it's probably Brad Park. Like deep cut that's a deep guy point. who d- deep cut guy who one isn't properly appreciated by the New York Ranger fan base and two is probably the guy that should have had his number retired before Vic Hadfield. I mean, it's, it's probably Brad Park. But again, I can't really speak to that because that's an era before I consider myself like in the know. Um, if we had to go from our generation, I feel like Alexei Kovalev doesn't get enough love. Kovalev's up there. It's... I'd go Kovalev. I'd go... Kovalev is high on that. I, part of me wants to say Brian Leach because I do feel like 
we just don't talk about him enough. Somehow he's underrated, right? I was thinking yeah. that the other day. Like, he's probably the greatest Ranger of all time, and yet... Yeah, and yet we don't talk about him as much as a Messier. team should. Yeah. Yeah, like, Lee... I feel like everyone understands Leach was great, but I feel like there's still a portion of his fan base that doesn't fully grasp do necessarily like, how Leech, fucking Leech great. Leach is on MSG all the time, right? So, do you feel like... He's, a, he's around, but it's... It, it I, this is this is no knock on Brian Leach. It's just not. he comes off as such like a a decent guy. I was about to say, do you think if Brian Leach was cooler, we'd talk about him all the time because he just feels yeah, really vanilla. I do. He's so he's so he's just he's a he's a guy. He's just a guy. Like I just, <laughs> it's, I it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that guy is probably one of what like the ten best defensemen to ever play the game. Yeah, easily. But like, if someone was like, yeah, do you you want to sit down and have lunch with Leach? I'd be like, yeah, yeah. but. Like, part of the thing that makes a guy like David Wright so great is he's so fucking charismatic. Well, like, also, David Wright... Also, he's, like, ridiculously handsome in the eyes. Right, but he just... He comes off as, like, shit, this is a guy I'd, I could vote him into political office. And you look at Brian Leach and you'd be like, that is a generic make-a-player-starter pack right I, there. I feel the same way about Messier, though. Like, you, I would sit down with Messier in a heartbeat. Like, how how quick would you say yes to beers with him? Like, immediately? But I, I think Messier just oozes charisma. Yeah, it's a lot of it. Yeah. But Leach is like, oh, that graham cracker looks delicious, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like a perfectly plump apple, but I don't know if I'm in the mood for an apple. I just, yeah, I think I think very quietly, if you want to go old school, I'd go Brad Park. But if you want to go guy we should probably talk about every day and be thankful for, we don't talk enough about Brian Leach. It's so weird. It's just so weird. It just it it feels very Mike Troutian. It really does. I think that's a that's a apt comparison. Uh, there's a second part to this question, and this is something, something you and I have discussed. Uh, number two, can you guys do an overall history of the Rangers episode? We've talked about this before. I, I pitched it, and I don't know. We well, you wouldn't want to hear us do it because again, our, just our era in Rangers hockey started so much earlier that like, if you wanted us to talk about the teams that actually won cups in like the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s, I I don't even know if Carp knows all about those teams. We'd have to. We'd have to get Stan Fischler on here, and he'd have to sit us down and tell us an old folktale. Um, we, we've we've kicked around the idea. It's just, I I think it would be interesting to do a Rangers history as we know it, kind of like a here's where we started. How the fuck did we get to 2018? I think um, the best way to do that is in the summer. Yeah, we'll find a week. Yeah, though there's plenty of weeks in the summer. Like we there just, there are there are a ton. There happen to be a lot. Uh, they, they finished this off with uh, saying, I'm a new hockey slash Ranger fan, and your podcast has been hilarious, educational, entertaining. I love your freaking faces. Uh, th- again, that'll change. Edu- yeah. Educational? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know, man. Some other podcast. Don't listen to those, though. Just read, um, just read Shayna Goldman, man. She's a lot smarter than us. We're not sponsored by this thing this week. I know. <laughs> hey, she's on, she's on other websites and Twitter. stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Next question. SD to SLC asks, we did this last season. They asked when we were coming to terms with the fact that Kovalek, Kovalek, Kovalchuk, sorry, holy shit, my brain. Kovalchuk wasn't going to be a ranger. I was disregarded in the podcast. Now, sure. when are we going to come to terms with the fact that Panarin isn't going to be a ranger next year? July 1st. If, if Panarin doesn't sign with the rangers, that's when I'll come to terms with it. I'm, Until then, I'm going to operate under the assumption that people with more ins than I'll ever have in my entire life in anything. I'll say that. Seem to believe so that, that Artemi Panarin is coming to the New York Rangers. We're in the up and up. We'll get there. So uh, un- until until 
basically until Aaron Portsline comes back on this podcast and says something's changed, uh, in my mind, nothing's really going to change. I would say that- I'm I'm a I'm a lukewarm dish that you put in the microwave and you took out. It's just not hot enough, and that's exactly how I feel about the Panarin thing. I like I could eat this. I feel like it could happen, but I'm not convinced yet. I will say the the it's not going to be a it I it might be as simple as the New York Rangers saying hey you want to play in New York and play for the New York Rangers it's great uh, the Rangers will need to present him a plan that shows this team can be competitive mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not 100 percent sure this team is capable of doing that at this moment I I part of me feels like and I've said this before this is more of a four year plan than a two but I'm pretty sure we have that in question this coming up so let's keep going Okie doke Fort of Snow. Topical. Uh, asks, your prediction for the trade deadline. What do you want to happen? What do you think will happen? Um, We were surprised last year. I will also be in a hotel hiding this year when we do our trade deadline reaction, similar to last year. And I did not think Ryan McDonough would end up getting traded last year, and he did. I think Kevin Hayes will go. We've talked about this in the podcast millions of times. I think uh, other players, such as Jimmy VC and other players will be shopped, and Gorton has their names out there. I think he'll sell anybody he can. I think one player that he won't really sell unless he gets a blowaway offers or two players really is Mika Zavinijad and Chris Kreider. Other than them and Brady Shea, I believe everyone else can be had except for the children. So what I'm expecting is I'm expecting the Rangers to make two trades, which involve Matt Zuccarello and Adam McQuaid. Those are 100 percenters for me. What what I think the Rangers have to ask questions about is, is now the time to sell on Vladimir Nemesnikov because he's, He's playing. He's easily playing his best hockey as a New York Ranger, and you can make a case that he might be playing some of the best hockey of his career given the people he's playing with. Um, his stock is high. You can convince a team that you're acquiring a younger player for a year and a half, so there's added value. You know exactly what he's going to cost for you next season. You don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, so I would put Nemestnikov in the that's intriguing, but I wouldn't be stunned if he doesn't get moved until July or even next year's deadline. Um, I feel like Gordon's going to be so busy trying to move Zook, Hayes, and McQuay that no one else goes. That's kind of what I, I see. That the other thing is, I don't think I don't think Zook and McQuay are going to take much time to move. Uh, I just I think those are kind of just no brainer deals. I think his his big question will be Kevin Hayes, but I also think part of that question will be answered by February. If the Rangers really want to extend Kevin Hayes, the clock starts January first. If the Rangers don't get a deal done with Kevin Hayes in January, yeah. and we get to February and Kevin Hayes has not signed an extension, I think that the question is answered itself. Yep. So I, I think then it just becomes deciding what the best offer is for Kevin Hayes. I think to me, I think the Mestikov is maybe the most complicated trade question he'll have because there's nothing that says he has to trade him right now. Not at all. Next question. Dr. Fractopus asks two parter. If we're sellers by the deadline. What teams are you looking to tango with? That's number one. Uh, typical teams. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets still need a center. Nashville. So they still make, they still make a ton a of sense. A lot of rumors with Nashville. Nashville makes a ton of sense. Boston still makes a ton of sense. Yep. Uh, if you wanted to look west, the Oilers, if they really fancy themselves contenders, I feel like you can get them to maybe overpay a little bit. Maybe the uh, – yeah. I'm trying to take other teams. Maybe if uh, – Sharks? I don't. I don't think the Sharks have the stomach to really make another big move yeah. at the moment. But maybe Coyotes could be feisty. Yeah, they the, look, the, they Paci- the Pacific. The Pacific is. Is it the Pacific? 
I think it's the Pacific. the Pacific is bad right now. So I feel like you can get any team in the Pacific to believe something that they shouldn't believe. Believe you're good. Take my players. Yeah, like, could you convince the Ducks that they're a player away? Maybe. Uh, even though they're not. They're definitely not. Uh, what so, about the Sabres? What do the Sabres need, though, is the question. What do the Rangers have that the Sabres are like, fuck yeah, that? Like, maybe Zuccarello? But I feel like you can get the Oilers to pay a little bit more for Zuccarello. And the Sabres are there. There's the, this is the first year of their rebuild, kind of? Or well, this is the first year where the Sabres are transitioning from we're no longer rebuilding to this now needs to be established. At the same time, the Sabres' big question is, if you're the if you're the Buffalo Sabres and you just traded for Jeff Skinner, you cannot let that man get the free agency. Yeah, what are you doing? Please do not let him go. Like, the, you, the, he's been unbelievable, and we're going to have Ryan Stimson on the podcast next week, and he's going to talk to us about his new book and the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, if. If if you're if you're the Buffalo Sabres and you gave up assets for Jeff Skinner, even though it looks like you didn't give up a ton of assets, you didn't. You still got to sign the fucking guy. You didn't trade for him for a season. Last team I want to talk about the Flames. Interesting. Yeah, I think they're 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 a low key Kevin Hayes destination for sure. I agree. They have defensive prospects. The Rangers should be drooling about. Yeah. Well, anybody that can play defense. Uh, the number two question from Doctor Froctopus is: Are we going to get another Mother's Day podcast this year? I'd say likely. I don't know. I I I do think uh, I do think we need to bring my dad on. I just don't think it's going to be that exciting of an episode. Okay, so you'll bring your dad on, and I'll prank call my dad. I don't know if I want to be there for that. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather you try and call your your my the, my the, family that doesn't really want to talk to me. Yeah, try calling. I'd rather talk to the secretary that works for your quote unquote uncle. He's my uncle. He just doesn't <laughs> That's know. Fine. He doesn't know he's my uncle. That's fine. Just don't cold call your uncle ever again at his place of business. I, I haven't since after we talked about it. Yeah, it's good. You're a fucking psychopath. Whatever. We talked about that. That's sociopath, yeah. thank you. No, no, in that instance, it's psychopath. Okay. Well, I'm self-centered and all that, etc. That's um, fucking psycho. Yeah. Um, Mango Warfare, which another name I really enjoy. Um, with the team playing better than most expected, how long do you think the rebuild will actually last? Got bad Question. news. Got bad, team playing better got than bad news for you, Mango Warfare. Uh, yeah, the team had a streak of, of playing pretty well. The team has some talent lingering on it. Uh, I think the rebuild will last. And I know you think Panarin will be here, but if Panarin is not here, I think we have another good three years before we hit that turn we just talked about the Sabres are on right now. Yeah, we just, The Sabres the, also the, got Jack Eichel and another first pick that's very good. Uh, some guy named Darlene. Darlene Rasmus. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, as fun as the Rangers have been offensively, the defense has shown its true colors. And it's not like on the roster right now, outside of Brady Shea, is there anyone you can no. firmly say that guy is part of the solution? And and to be fair, even Brady Shea, despite the contract we gave him, we still don't really know if he's part of the solution. So the only guy you can you say that out, you're hoping is part of the solution right now is Keandre Miller, and that's just all prospect hype. And he's got so long until he's an NHL guy. So yeah, there's there's way too many questions, and also outside of the nine one and one streak the Rangers went on, bad. they've been bad. They've been, they've been bad. really bad. They've been bad. They've been fucking terrible since Thanksgiving. That was a month ago. Yeah, it's been tough. Um, next question from CDs. CDs what? Interesting. With the way this young team has been competing, the influx of Russian youth next year. The likely addition of Panarin and maybe getting a first-round pick next year. 
that still doesn't have years left on a European contract, is it crazy to think we could be sniffing the playoffs in 2020? Or are we kidding ourselves if we think this rebuild will be over as quickly as it started? I, think we I don't think. Question. I don't think it's crazy. Um, again, we talked. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. The NHL point system structures it so much that almost every team is going to be sniffing the playoffs, unless you're Somehow. really, really, really bad. Yeah, unless you're um, If the Rangers make a couple. Not even defensive upgrades. If the Rangers just admit that some things don't work defensively and they get rid of those pieces and the Rangers add Panarin and Heedle's a year older and better and Leas Anderson's and a year older and better over here. and Kravstov's over here and Hayek's a year older and better. Yeah, the Rangers could be like a wild card team next year with Panarin, especially if, if, if Hank once again defies the laws of aging. Sure. He's I don't, do I don't see. I don't. I don't think it's unrealistic. Hank. I just also wouldn't count on it. Is where I would be. At. You know, what makes me furious how good looking Hank is. It constantly makes me pissed off. Guy's got everything except a Stanley Cup. And at the same time, if you're Henrik Lundqvist and you've won an Olympic gold medal, uh, a a world a world championship, yep. and you're just literally the biggest penis in all of New York City. <laughs> I don't understand. It doesn't pretty, make sense. Pretty pretty sure Henrik Lundqvist is set. I don't know if he needs his name on a Stanley Cup. I like it. I would like that a lot. I'd right. like it too, but that man fucks. That's so he absolutely does his wife. That's it. Uh, Cholo Beanbag asks Ranger question: If you're Gorton right now, try to rationalize slash explain why you haven't sold any prospects for picks yet. I'm not counting the Spooter trade here. So I guess the players for picks, right? Not prospects uh, for picks. It says it says anyone. Uh, why you haven't sold anyone for prospects or picks yet? Oh, for prospects or picks. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it takes two to tango. Yeah, you're you're shopping around. You are doing your due diligence. That's exactly why that hasn't happened. Because Gordon's going around calling everyone saying, I'm trying to get the best deal. Because he knows he's a seller. Everyone knows he's a seller. It's not a, it's not a secret. It's not like they, everyone else didn't read the letter. They did. Yeah, it, it's still early enough in the season where some teams are trying to figure out their own lineups. Uh, I don't necessarily think... At the end of the day, every team is sold on what they have, but they want to make sure they're not sold on what they have before they give up an asset to get something they feel they're missing. So I, I, if it was up to Jeff Gorton, I'm sure he would have loved to make a trade by now. But at the end of the day, it, it's, it simply takes two to tango. That's it. Non-ranger question from Cholo Beanbag says, what was the biggest shit show on your Euro trip that we can talk about on this podcast? I added that last part. All of Darts Day? Uh, yeah, it's all of Darts Day. It's Darts Day. National Darts Day, which was uh, the Darts the, the Friday, the the Darts, Friday in London. Yeah, the Darts Championship. Just a true shit show. Like, everyone in costume, everyone dancing and screaming and drinking constantly and chanting. We got, the, thing, the thing I constantly forget about Darts Day is we got to the bar at 6 o'clock. Yeah. We were done with darts early. Yeah, and our, and we did not get home until four a.m. That's correct. Uh, and I drunkenly walked home, so that was fun. For uh, the what I consumed non-alcoholic category on Darts Day, I had one chicken McNugget before we left the house. That's impressive, and it was that's cold. it. Cold. I didn't and... didn't eat anything else. Didn't drink. I I've thought about this a new a number of times since we've gotten home. There are at least three or four days no on water. our vacation. Where I, I sit back and remember, I didn't drink any water. 
Can we just go in on Europe real quick? Guys, why do you hate water so much? You not just, it's not it. that I don't it's not that they hate it. It's just it's not easily accessible. It's not available to you. <laughs> if you go to a restaurant, you ask for water, they go, What are you, a pleb? <laughs> like you yeah, want like to drink water? You there eat? wasn't a single there wasn't a single restaurant we went to where the cup of water was just waiting for us on the table. Yeah. So when a waiter asked, What do you want to drink? If I don't say water, uh, I'm admitting I don't want water, I guess. And if you that, ask for, for water, meal. they'll come back with a shot glass of water and be like, that's enough for you. And by the way, if you want more, I'll be back in 45 minutes when you're already finished. Yeah. There were, there were, there were an alarming amount of days on that trip where the only source of liquid that went into my body was Coca-Cola and some kind of rum. Not that this is a shit show, but something else that keeps bothering me is when we're in London, obviously they drive on the other side of the road compared to America, correct? Yes. But they don't do that on the sidewalks, and that makes my mind explode because no one walks on the left side. Everyone still walks on the right, but everyone drives on the left. That didn't bother me as much. Also, shout out London for knowing that there are a lot of non-Brits in that city and writing on the road which direction for me to look because without that, oh, 100% I get hit by There it. was a second where me and Aaron go, almost got t- taken out, but pretty close. Well, that was actually by – I thought that was by a biker. That wasn't by a car. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a van. I'm pretty sure it was a uh, bicycle. Well, we almost died. Anyway. I uh, watched it happen. It was great. Okay. Uh, the Herminator is the next question. Leas and Philip. That's the best way to say him. Philip are younger than me. Damn. Yeah, I guess one of us too. Uh, Kevin Hayes is younger than us in by three years. Which, which, is he really? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, We're which, old. Which Ranger prospect are you most excited to see in the World Junior Classic? That is Keandre Miller. It's not close. It's not close. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to see Lundquist, but it's Keandre Miller. Everyone else is just kind of a bonus. This next question is near and near to my heart from the Herminator. Uh, how can the Rangers up their overall social media presence? By getting a social media presence. Guys, you have a dog that you post. You could post that dog literally. Every day, and it would get a thousand retweets. You ha- the, the the thing I don't understand, and this happened with baseball this year, and they luckily fixed it. I don't understand the Rangers' war on gifts. Yeah, that's a new thing, right? Yeah, I I don't understand it, and we we saw it in baseball with pitching ninja, and all it took was pitching ninja to put a MLB logo watermark on his gifts, and everything was forgiven. Uh, I I need hockey teams to understand that. People retweeting segments of your broadcast on Twitter are not just good for your broadcast, but good for your brand. Whoa, it gets new what eyeballs. You, what do you mean the NBA did this four years ago and it worked magnificently? Oh, right. And, and let me let me let me say unequivocally, this is not a Rangers only problem. Baseball has this problem too, and they've only recently started to realize it was even a problem. Um, but specifically because this question was asked to us, and we are a New York Ranger podcast. I just need the Rangers to understand that the more people who get an eyeball of an MSG, of a, even a snippet of an MSG broadcast, it's good for MSG. No matter what, people, no matter who does it. Because you know what happens? A non-hockey fan will see the gif of Philip Heedle going apeshit on Morgan Riley to set up Kevin Hayes' goal yep. and be like, damn, I kind of want to watch a Ranger game now. Yeah, like, That's oh, a good thing. Oh, well, you know because what? you I'm broadcast in, Ranger games. I'm in New York. I could watch a Ranger game. Maybe I should be a Ranger fan. That's how yeah. it happens, guys. It's really not that hard. Yeah, it's 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 called going viral. That shit goes viral. And let people allow it to go viral. They've done a little bit of a better job doing more fun things this year, but they still haven't really opened up. Have they? Ugh. 
they they did the the some of the player interviews are are fun, but for example, I just watched another uh, step on behind the mic today for the Coyotes. Yeah, that was Rangers aren't even doing that anymore. Step on is, and you can give the, the give the mic to Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider's a funny dude. Or like have like a shade ain't so segment where Shay has a hot take on a movie that we can all disagree with, yeah, even just, if he doesn't even just, feel that just, way. Just, or you're never gonna believe this. Do a Reddit AMA or let some of your players on a podcast where they can have fun. Cool. Mm. Mm, mm, so mm. weird. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, how do the Rangers get better at social media? By participating in it. That's that's how they get better at it. Uh, the last question from Herman Ariad three. Do you guys have any thoughts on the dynamic season ticket pricing that MSG implemented this year? I have very little. Uh, I know that they tiered out their pricing so that you couldn't resell your tickets for more on the secondary market because they want money. That's it. Uh, I have no thoughts because I know I don't have enough money to buy them. I uh, respected by all asks. Name a color that doesn't exist. I, I have one. Uh, Schmegmar. I had Google. Pretty, okay. Pretty close. There we go. Uh, done and done. Copacetic Shoe asks, fuck, Mary kill, Elaine Vigneault, Fred Wilpon, and April the Giraffe. I have thought about this one, right. and I am excited. So, easy. I will go in order. Fuck, Elaine Vigneault. That man fucked me in the ass so many times, I want to return the favor. Mary, Fred Wilpon, because I want him to die and I want to inherit the Mets and run them the way they should be run. And kill April the draft. That motherfucker's kosher. Let's eat some meat, baby. I have the same answer as you. And this took me a while. One of the big reasons I kill April the draft is one of my five rules is no bestiality. I'm going to go ahead and just do that. So if I married or if I had to fuck April the draft, that breaks my cardinal rules. So I'd rather fuck AB and hate fuck him and then get married to Fred Wilpon. It doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, I just want Fred is in his 80s. He can't be going on for that much longer. Yeah. If I'm married to him, maybe yeah. I can convince him to cut Jeff Wilpon out of the will. Things there are a lot of good things I can do with Fred Wilpon. Uh, good. Elaine, Elaine Vino, I want to dominate his asshole so he can't shit, shit straight for five years. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Um, New York Rangers 17 asks, top five Christmas movies. If Jingle All the Way isn't on your list, you've lost a subscriber. Okay, I've done the list for you. Here we go. Not in any order. Charlie Brown Christmas. Christmas Vacation. Okay. Die Hard. Okay. Muppet, okay. Chris, Muppet Christmas and Jingle All the Way so I can keep a subscriber. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol and Die Hard for sure. I'm putting Elf up there. I've never seen Elf. I know it's a crime. I've never seen Jingle All the Way. Oh, it's a good. It's actually good. I, I've I, also I've also never seen Christmas Vacation. That is that's a little worse. Here's the thing. Is it? What about Christmas is appealing to me? Oh yeah, never mind. I forgot. Sometimes, um, I, sometimes I forget. Yeah, Die Die Hard, Elf, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Santa, the Santa Claus, because that's I think the first, that's the first Christmas movie I ever. Can we just give a hand to the Santa Claus with Tim Allen for a second for saying that Rudolph is a myth and that Comet actually leads the reindeer like he truly should? An underrated reindeer. Thank you. Uh, if I had to go five, I don't. You know what? I'm going with the cartoon Grinch. Here's the thing about the cartoon Grinch. Uh, the cartoon Grinch is perfect. Why did we keep remaking it? I don't know because it makes money, right? I guess it's the same thing. It's I have the same theory with the Grinch movies as I do Robin Hood movies. Who's asking for all these Robin Hood movies that we need to keep getting and one every two years? See, who goes to see them? Or like no, or, no one apparently. Or any or any Arthur movie like uh, they just don't do well. I, don't I think it. Arthur movies at least appeal to kids because it was like a sword and it's like shit. yeah, it, there, there's there's like a family element to Arthur or like a a fantastical anything's possible regardless of how old you are thing to it. 
So I kind of get that. Robin Hood? I don't understand it. Don't Who's asking for it? Why know. do I need Jamie Foxx in a Robin Hood movie? All right, next question. Um, I, will, I will also say every year I watch Love Actually at least twice. It's not because I like it. It's because I have so much fun just poking holes in that movie. There's only one arc in that movie that I really like, and I would pay to see a feature-length film of the Colin Firth arc. Just give me that movie. I don't need the rest of it. Also, do you know Kira Knightley's 15 in Love Actually? Don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> she's, she's 15 in Love Actually, and still, that whole storyline is, dude is in love with his best friend's newlywed wife, and she's really okay with it. That's the whole, that's the whole story. I just summarized it for you in a sentence. I'm okay. Thanks. Um, Unbelievable. Lee, I have so many problems with that movie. Lee Dog 24 who also writes for BlueShirtsBreakaway.com sometimes, writes, if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? This question reads to me, would you blow yourself? <laughs> that's how it reads to me. Uh, and the answer is, I don't think so. Yeah, it's a no for me. I know where I've been. Same. Uh, typical Tomato posted a YouTube link of the bear fighting Bigfoot. That was all the Typical Tomato did. But Interesting. Uh, I'm assuming he wants us to pick a side. I'll pick the bear. Bear 100% of the time, especially because the bear is real. Correct. Uh, member one asks a question that I will not be asking either of us. It's, it's I know much... which one it is. I know which one it is. And it... the answer is, yeah, I'm not answering it. The, the answer is, no, I'm not answering it, but I appreciate your support. <laughs> don't even read. Don't even say his name. I'm not say, we're not doing the last one. Oh, we are. Fuck. Yeah, we'll do it. This I thought, guy. I've thought about it. Okay. This is the hit best me. one. This is fine, the last, last fine. question. Hit, hit me. I got like a five word answer for you. Okay. Random unfunny name asks Who of you? Oh, is... oh not, not the one I thought you were going to say. Oh, I, do I have another? Did I miss one? Yeah, Anthony Sukam asked us a question. I said, oh, fuck you. No, you basically do him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck him all. No, I no. like saying his name on the podcast because I, from, for, here's, here's, here's the he thing. He listens. I, can't I don't understand. Yeah, okay, he hates so us and he listens. For what some, the fuck are you doing? How some, fucking stupid are you? Like, look, for some reason. Look, at, look yourself in the mirror. You spend an hour and a half out of your Tuesdays or at least an hour and a half out of your week to listen to something you hate. How fucking stupid to fill people are in, you? A person How lonely comments. is your life? We're, we're, I don't know if we're giving him what he wants right now, but... Uh, there's a person that listens to us, uh, some whatever we can comments on our Reddit post, and is never positive, is always angry at us. Um, How lonely is your life that you need these two people that you've never met before in your life to say stuff that you vehemently disagree with every week? I don't know. Get a fucking life, bro. This is like the, leave your fucking house. Uh, we'll end with the good one that was the top post on the Reddit thread. Sure. Which was sure. random unfunny name asked, who is more likely to give the other one a blowjob? Suck on that one. This is the one I thought about a lot because I feel like you and me are both pleasers at the end of the day. Yeah, I have. I yeah. Yeah. So it's it's they, tough for me because, like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Lie. Blowjobs don't do much for me. Really? Yeah, I'm not not a big blowjob guy. I'll go. Can I change? Try and change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's the giving season. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna say no to a blowjob ever, but at the same time, it's not for you. Okay. Push comes to shove. Well, no, you don't want more. A lot more things you could be doing. <laughs> what you're saying is you want to push and shove when it comes to this. Okay, good. Um, I, I, look, I'll go. I'll go down. I got no problem with it. You know, I've heard. Eat, eat before you eat. If you, I get it, but yeah. at the same time, I just I don't know, man. Like a, a blowjob, like cool. Yeah, I just think you know we're just both givers. We'll just six and nine it out. It's, you know, it's an equal equal opportunity podcast. That's yeah, what we are. equal opportunity, baby. That's it. Fifty percent of everything. That's it. Um, that's all the questions. That was pretty good. It's solid. It's solid. If, next week we next week we will have a guest. We uh, we booked one for Thursday, and we're going to record before New Year's Eve. So we'll have a guest. Schedule. Yep. 
Um, that's it. You can follow us on Twitter. Hey, if you want to get the Bushwick Breakaway uh, Twitter to 2,000, please help us. We did. We did lose a couple followers this week because I, I said things. I have a feeling. I, I know why we lost a couple. Followers. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. She's a dumb cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like. Again, this this goes back to Anthony. Maybe maybe she is Anthony Sue Kim. If you really don't like something, why are you going there? Yeah, like, you go. What's your point? Honestly, Jokes on you. All, you spent money to travel there. You fucking po- idiot. One hundred percent. All politics aside. One hundred percent. All politics aside. Why are you shitting on my city? Get the hell out. Not just all politics aside, why are you going somewhere you hate? Uh, I don't go to Philadelphia on my weekends just to be like, fuck this place, but Philly, I need a cheesesteak. Yeah, Philly. Fuck off. Like, I can get a cheesesteak anywhere. You can get pizza anywhere. There's good pizza. I, I will go to war for New York pizza any day of the week. There's good pizza in fucking Ohio somewhere, I'm sure. Like, I know Kent yeah. State sucked ass, and that's why you had to bring a gun on campus. But at the same time, like, joke's on you. You spent money to go to a very expensive city to see a fucking Christmas tree. Like, what? How fucking stupid are you? Like, I, I, politics aside, I call her a dumb cunt because she sure seems like a dumb cunt. Like, it's that simple. Her cut word is a, it's a lot for this podcast. We have sponsors. Anyway. Um... <laughs> we don't. We do not. Oh, we do true. not this that's week. True. That's why we I can bring it back. That's I true. can bring it back. That's true. You're right. That's We're sponsored this week by dumb cunts because they listen <laughs> to this podcast even though they hate it. God, yeah. yeah, Anthony Sue Kim, you are Caitlin Bennett. You're I both dumb cunts. I just want to wish everyone a happy holiday season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Merry Merry Christmas. I will be getting my Chinese food, and I'm going to see Vice tomorrow. That is my Christmas movie of the year. Vice got mixed reviews. I'm, I'm yeah, it's a 68, sad. but just, this is a really bad Christmas year for movies. There's no, okay, I did see, you didn't see Spider-Man, right? You're not going to do that? Uh, it's getting to a point where I think I will see it. I don't think I want it to be my Christmas movie, though. I, That's fair. I am yet to see one person say even the smallest of a bad thing about it. So I'm, I'm, I can't stand on any any bridge and say that it's not worth my time. It sure it's seems like it. It's worth your time. Obviously, I'm a nerd and I'm more into Spider-Man than you are, but uh, it is a fantastic ride. Just a great overall movie that obviously has a lot of love put into it. That's I won't lie. There's a part of me that also wants to see Bumblebee because what the fuck is that movie doing at a 98? I don't know. It was, it's 93 now, but it did start at 98 for a while. Won my Aquaman bet, by the way. Very proud of that. Nice job. Uh, over under 73 and a half Rotten Tomato score. That bitch is sitting at 64. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to be over. That 74 was their over under? Yep. That is way too Bumble, Bumblebees was like 30. So. Wow. Suck it, everybody. Yeah. Every, everyone got that one. It, well, <laughs> you could have gotten that one very right. Uh, also, I'm looking good on my two baseball bets. It sure looks like uh, Mariano Rivera and Roy Holiday will be Hall of Famers. Really? So, Who knew? Check. Um, all right. That's it for the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at O'Ryan Mead. Same thing for Instagram. You can follow Greg on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. He runs the account and sometimes says the C word. All right, love you guys. Bye. It's a fun word. Happy I don't know what to tell you.